0: Saving the earth may seem like a hopeless situation, best left to lawmakers and politicians, but there's great power in individual choices, many made from the comfort of your home.
1: Today's instructor, Ashley Piper, is going to teach us changes we can make right away to make our homes a more eco-friendly place.
0: Ashley is a political strategist turned eco-lifestyle expert, writer, and TV personality, who literally wrote the book on stylish, sustainable living titled, Give a Shit, Do Good, Live Better, Save the Planet.
1: Prior to dedicating herself to eco-evangelism, Ashley was a political strategist and cabinet-level advisor to some of the country's most high-profile politicians and governmental organizations.
0: She holds a BA from Brown University, an MA from the University of Oxford, and a degree in holistic health from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition at Columbia University. We'd say she's more than qualified to school us all, and we're ready to dive in.
1: By the end of this class, you'll know the do's and don'ts of recycling, have a greater knowledge of some great eco-friendly technology, and have action steps for building out your space more consciously. Class is in session. Welcome, students. At Homeschool, we know that becoming a homeowner changes your life in a big way, and we're
2: here to help. Every week, your hosts Aaron Massey and Tracy Pendergast will introduce you to a guest instructor who will teach you to tackle your home projects with confidence. If you're ready to do some homework, you're in the right place. Homeschool is in session.
1: Now get your ass to class. So, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time today.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
1: So why don't you give us a little bit of your background coming from you? I want to hear all about how you got into this and how you became an author.
2: Well, thanks again, guys, for having me on. This is already fun. Um, Let's see. How I became an author was really not like a monolithic path. I was a political strategist for like a decade. And as I was doing that work, I was also kind of embarking on my own personal sustainability journey, which makes it sound very dramatic. But it kind of was. I was figuring out ways in which I could live that I felt better lined up with my values. And um, I just became really passionate about that stuff. And so I kind of thought to myself, "Well, crap! Why am I doing this job where I'm making lots of different, like, politicians seem publicly palatable and helping them with messaging, when I could be parlaying some of this skill set into like helping the environment or animals, things I actually really care a lot about?" So I left that job, and my goal was to focus solely on sustainability. And I, I sort of thought I would get a job in like an animal rights organization or. You know, some kind of eco friendly lobbyist organization. And it just didn't really totally manifest like that. And I kind of like built my own thing. Um, I started writing about sustainable fashion and beauty for mainstream like magazines and publications and digital outlets. And then I thought, ooh, maybe I should bring some of this onto television because you know, it's a great way to reach people. And a lot of folks might not know how easy it is actually to live more sustainably. They, you know, there are a lot of stigmas out there, like it's expensive, it's inconvenient, you know, it's crunchy. You're not going to have any friends, stuff like that. <laughs> so, so I wanted to sort of debunk those myths and do the work for people so that when they were becoming interested in living more sustainably, like they could just watch a TV clip and get some easily actionable tips. Um, so I started doing that and then through that, it just got to the point where every, I think at that point when I, maybe like up until two years ago, I had done maybe like almost 200 TV segments. And so I was like getting messages from people saying, oh, it'd be really good to have kind of all of these things in a book. And I thought, yeah, that would be kind of cool. And I looked at the marketplace of like books that were existing and there didn't seem to be anything that brought all these disparate concepts of sustainability under one like roof, like one literary roof. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a book that would, could be for pretty much anybody that would have lots of different ways folks could live more sustainably and in a very non judgmental way, they could pick and choose which ones worked well for their lifestyle and go from there and kind of build their own like sustainable value system. That's kind of how it came to be. And then I got a literary agent and then, you know, we built a proposal and
0: Got a book deal and, you know, wrote wrote the damn thing. For those of you who want to be reminded, um, Ashley's book is called Give a Shit, Do Good, Live Better, Save the Planet. And what I love about your book is that you break it down by different parts of your life. So today we're really going to focus in on what you can do within your home, which is what you actually do within a chapter. I think people are so overwhelmed by the idea of changing their complete lifestyle. And what I like about the way you break it down is when you look at it as just components in your life that you can change, it's not so overwhelming. Yeah, thank you. I So I listen to it on Audible for anybody who says, well, who has time to read a book? You can listen to it.
1: Do a lot of people say
0: that. <laughs> I'm sure there are people that say that. Um, but there's no excuse not to get this information. And like I said, today, we're really gonna focus in on the home as we do
1: one of the big components of home sustainability and stuff is recycling and you touch on it in your book there's a lot yeah. of mistakes that people make and i i personally feel like we need to have like surgeon general warnings on the sides of plastic containers <laughs> and stuff like who the hell knows what these little symbols mean and what the numbers are and all this stuff like just tell me if i can put it in the recycling or not like yeah, how I do we lobby know, that
0: i didn't know about the caps I didn't know that some caps are not the same plastic as the container. Um, Can you give us some of your, your tips for recycling? What are the mistakes some people are making?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll issue one caveat first, just because um, I think it's important to say like in the U S especially, we have treated recycling as like this cure all thing and really like our recycling system just as a whole is really broken. So even when we recycle properly, it's still pretty unlikely that our recyclables actually get to be recycled. So I know that sounds really like shitty and sad, but that is um, kind of the state of our overwhelmed recycling system. So I always urge people to like refuse and reuse and reduce before they even consider recycling, because it's just not As effective as we were led to believe it would be in like the 90s when it became popular, you know, in everybody's homes. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is because we just don't do it well. You can go to like any Starbucks, you know, and you can see the side by side recycling and trash receptacles, and you'll see that they contain basically the same stuff because we're people and we're fallible and we're busy. And like you said, Aaron, we just don't know like what to do a lot of the time. So, The other thing that makes it a little complicated is everybody lives in a different municipality. So um, certain areas will recycle things and certain areas will not. Like I was just in Philadelphia and they actually have a really good public works recycling system, but they like changed their contract up with, you know, a vendor who was doing the recycling work. And so a lot of folks who were living in that area suddenly were kind of told like, oh no, you used to be able to recycle this stuff, but now you can't. And so it's always changing. And it's hard to keep up with it. I would definitely recommend that folks first um, call up or, you know, go on the website of their local, like their city or whatever, and that will get them up to speed on what is recyclable in that area. So general recycling guidelines, though, for plastics, you know, the numbers on the bottom are pretty relate, like pretty reliable, super small pieces of plastic. In fact, super small pieces of anything are not recyclable so a lot of people and this was something that was actually surprising to me like paper for instance um, anything smaller than a post-it note can't be recycled
1: so if i shred all my mail and like stuff it won't get
2: recycled yeah it won't get recycled but in some cases you can compost it like tiny pieces of paper as long as it's not like plastic coated paper can be composted receipts for instance can't be recycled because they're thermal paper so that bpa can't enter the recycling stream and the the other thing to kind of know about recycling it all sounds very high stakes and dramatic but is that one bad apple like spoils the whole bunch so if you have like otherwise a pristine recycle bin and then you have one thing in there that is not recyclable like a plastic bag for instance they just won't recycle the whole thing like that's how that's how they do it here in chicago if they see you've even got like a plastic trash bag in with your recycling they're putting everything from the recycling into the trash like, cuz they just oh, are not man. fooling around. So um there are just general rules of thumb like everything that you recycle needs to be cleaned. Like there can't be food matter in there. You can't have like salsa left in the bottom of a jar. Glass and aluminum are a lot easier to recycle than other things are obviously. So if you're at the store and you're looking to buy something, say it's like a jar of pickles and it's there's one in glass and there's one in plastic, I would always say get the one in glass if you're buying water or some kind of beverage at the store and there's something in plastic and something in aluminum aluminum is infinitely recyclable so i would say go with the aluminum as opposed to the plastic so it kind of starts recycling gets easier depending upon your just general consumption and shopping habits other things that like were are kind of like blow people away like you can't recycle Pyrex or mirrors or, uh, you know, certain kinds of glass because they're treated to do something different than like a glass bottle, for instance. So really you have to kind of stick to plain old glass, plain paper, newspaper. Most junk mail now can be entirely recycled, including the clear envelope, like little window thing. They've started to make those out of recyclable materials. So any kind of mixed thing, you see this a lot with like cosmetics, anything that has like a plastic and a metallic, a paper and a plastic coating, a paper and a styrofoam coating, which you see all the time in like coffee cups and you think, oh, it's a paper coffee cup. It's no big deal. That will never be able to be recycled because it's got like pa- plastic inside so that it doesn't leak through the paper.
0: One thing you said in the book that was like such a duh moment for me is that recycling doesn't only happen in the kitchen. Why do I only have a recycling bin in the kitchen? why like I keep the toilet paper rolls because I'm a composter and also I let my kids use them for arts and crafts because kids love toilet paper rolls but I'm like why wouldn't I have two bins in every room next to every trash can why am I only sorting in the kitchen and I think that's such a great thing to consider that most people I mean it seriously was not even on my radar so that was a really great tip you gave
2: Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, a lot of the plastic that doesn't get recycled is a lot of the plastic that we consume full stop. And I know we we recycle more than just plastic, but plastic is the thing that's become like a real pariah, like for the planet. Um, A lot of it comes from food packaging, from bathroom and grooming stuff, from makeup, like those. and, And dry cleaning is like a really big Creator of plastic, you know those plastic kind of sleeves that come over your dry cleaning or your clothes. Mm. Those can't be recycled. Most municipalities will never recycle a soft, crushable plastic. So you hear a lot about plastic grocery bags, Ziploc bags, um, the bags that produce comes in. You know, like the bags of spinach or salad or whatever. I've never been in a city that actually recycles those like automatically. You have to take those to a very special place, and usually those receptacles are few and far between. So when somebody asks me like, "Oh, I want to get spinach for like, you know, the week. What's better? Do I I can't find it loose at the farmers market, so should I buy it in like a smaller thing of like plastic that's soft or should I buy it in like a big plastic clamshell type thing?" And I often say the big plastic clamshell because at least that is made from recyclable plastic. So there and buy the biggest one you can. So at least you're not, you know, at like buying a bunch of little ones. But yeah, I think people often think at least when I watch my family recycle in Texas, they just think uh, if it's not food waste, it can be recycled, like anything. So they're throwing like an, an entire Starbucks cup with a straw and a lid and this like a little paper sleeve and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, you know, throwing away stuff with food on it into the recycle bin. And I'm like, whoa, 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 just like none of that. It's actually quite a science. And unfortunately it's an ever-changing science that makes it really tough for any of us because we're not like, but even I don't spend my whole life trying to figure out a recycling system who has time for that. Um, you know, it's, it's tough for us to keep up.
1: I mean, there's so many ins and outs. That's why I'm just like, I just want a big, dumb label on it like oversized label that says do this or don't like (laughs) yeah because that's the only way that it's really going to change in my opinion as far as how we're actually going to make a dent in the ever-growing pile of plastics that are everywhere my wife's yelling at me all the time like i'll put something in the recycling bin and she's like oh you can't that that doesn't work Or, you know, you got to cut the label off the coffee creamer before you put it in the recycling. You can't just put it in there. I'm like, who the hell knows that?
2: Your wife. (laughs) And and also, why do companies not make a product in a in a like a vessel that is just readily recyclable? Like, why do you have to have a fricking label around it and the pla you know, like it just makes yeah. it even more complicated. So I think companies need to be held to a different standard as well, because, you know, they're the ones creating the stuff.
1: Yeah. And there's this, there's that hurdle of like, like I genuinely want to do better and I want to limit my, you know, plastic use and all that stuff. But like, even for somebody like me, there's a lot of people out there who probably just don't care either way. But like, even right. for somebody who wants to be good at it and wants to do, it's not easy. Like it, no. it needs to be easier.
0: Yeah. And if you want to have an idea of the overabundance of plastic shit on this earth, have kids because everything after every birthday party, everything, everywhere they go off into this world, they will come back with a little plastic baggie of trash. Basically, yeah. um, one thing I really liked is you encourage people to kind of shift their mentality thinking about the end of something. So Mm -hmm. when you're shopping or when you're bringing things in, thinking about like what the end will look like. And I think when you shift your mindset in that way and shop in that way, it actually can become less overwhelming. So, you know, if you can't really figure out what you're going to do with something when you're done with it, maybe it's not an ideal product to drag (laughs) into your home. Yeah. Like I go into it a lot in the book about like our spending habits, you know, and our purchasing
2: habits and how so much of what we actually buy is not consciously selected, you know, like especially for women, you know, marketing has us cornered because we make maybe 95% of our buying decisions are emotional. They're not even like, Oh, we need this. We're like, Oh my God, that commercial made me feel a kind of way. And then we buy a bunch of stuff. Like, so, and you know, companies know this about us. They pump a ton of money into things to get us to buy stuff. So that's why I talk about minimalism as well as kind of a good piece of a good cornerstone of sustainability. It's like the less stuff you have, the less stuff you're going to need to clean. You're going to need to be like spending time looking for, and it just makes your life a lot easier. And it also makes it easier for you to put into play that value of thinking about the end of something. Like we are so focused on convenience. We don't often buy something and think, well, what will happen to this when I'm done with it? And the reality is it hangs out in a landfill, creating a shit ton of methane that's making the earth hotter. So (laughs) a lot of companies now you see it with like Eileen Fisher and Patagonia and like loop, which is this kind of new, um, consumer goods initiative where they're, like putting things in refillable packages, everything from like Ben and Jerry's ice cream to like laundry detergent. And then you can take it somewhere and get it refilled with your product. But those are thinking of like what we call closed loop manufacturing, which is what happens to it. The company is responsible for what happens to the end of this product.
1: So we're not just talking about plastics in this episode, but we're talking about some eco-friendly technologies and stuff, stuff that you can incorporate into your home that can make your footprint a little less. So what are some of those eco-friendly technologies that you recommend when maybe making a home upgrade or remodel or something like that?
2: I hesitate sometimes to talk about technologies just because the book was like a point in time document. It was written slightly before 2018. So things are always changing and I am not like somebody who's very tapped into home remodeling or, you know, the latest stuff out there, but there are certainly great things, great tools out there that help you to regulate your home's energy consumption, whether they're like energy star rated appliances or there's smart thermostats or smart light bulbs, those kinds of things do and can make a difference. I think when it comes to water consumption, you know, a lot of us live in places, I live in like a hundred year old building. So my water consumption, you know, is largely dictated by very old plumbing and very old fixtures. And I rent as well. And there are just things that people can do to make sure that, you know, you can install a low flow toilet. You can install a low flow shower head. A lot of these things are fixes you can do whether or not you live somewhere like an own a place or you're renting. I think oftentimes we look at the high tech things about owning a home or things we can do to our home. And we think that that's like the big fix. But sometimes I think like the lower tech things are the things that make a huge, like an even bigger difference. So for instance, like planting trees strategically near and around your home seriously cuts cooling and heating costs down depending upon where you live. It also ups the resale value of your home significantly. Um, And that we have like actual data that shows that. Um, So that's kind of a low tech way of like, we're using nature to like climate control my home. There are, you know, are advancements in window coatings and, you know, residential solar panels that are always really interesting. I've stayed at a few places that are passive houses that are really neat where they pull in naturally the air from outside and pump it into the home, but they don't, it's basically like an off the grid kind of place. Most of the things I think people can do in their homes don't involve buying a bunch of new shit even when you're doing a big remodel, I always recommend folks like donate whatever they possibly can salvage from their remodel to like the Habitat for Humanity store or wherever it's taking rebuilding supplies and that they're using and repurposing as many things as possible, because those are also things that just spent such a long time in the landfill. Furniture is a huge part of what you'll see in landfills. And when you get Inorganic materials like that, mixing with organic materials, they create so much more methane in a landfill. So a couch, for instance, or a mattress, which we see so often in places, um, or cabinetry, those are all things that basically just take a dog's age to, like, they'll never biodegrade.
0: You talked in your book a little bit about um, phantom energy. Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah. So phantom energy drain is anything that you're passively using, like not really using, Uh, They call it
2: like passive energy suck or passive energy use. Anything that's plugged in, for instance, to the wall, to a power strip. I know a lot of people like to keep their kitchen appliances plugged in, for instance, even when they're not using them. That can account for, in some cases, up to like 80% of your energy use, which is crazy. Cable boxes are some of the biggest culprits of this, which I'm sure cable companies don't like to hear. But your cable box is like an enormous energy suck because it always stays plugged in. And it actually utilizes quite a bit of uh, power, but you're actually rarely actively using it unless you're watching television. So there are things that folks, I think, don't realize are using a lot of um, power, even when they're not on, but they're still plugged in. So I recommend unplugging things. I also recommend getting like a power strip that you can turn off and on that helps with, you know, the phantom energy drain, you know, just being really intentional about what you actually have in your home. I mean, we're so surrounded by electronics all the time. So I'm not saying don't have electronics in your house, be Amish or something, but, but you know, like, do you need to keep your flat iron plugged in, but turned off? Do you need to keep, you know, like, they're just things that we're constantly keeping plugged in. And I personally like kind of a more minimalist countertop anyway. So I like to stow away, like store away all the appliances that I would use on a daily basis. I don't mind actually having to go in the cupboard and get the toaster or the blender or the coffee maker or whatever. You'd be surprised how much you can actually over time cut your energy bill in half. They've done studies on this and it, you know, the average American household, you can save up to like $150 a year if you just stop keeping a bunch of stuff plugged in. We think Oh yeah, I'm. I need this because I'm going to use it, and I've gotten to a point where I don't have anything really in my house that I don't use on a weekly basis. At mm-hmm. least
0: I feel that Every- way with weird clothing, like. But what if, by some chance at my son's preschool, it's going to be like dress like a cowboy day, and I got rid of these random like hats or <laughs> boots, you know it's like and then you have to rebuy them, but yeah. usually
1: dress like a cowboy day applies to the kid though not you. <laughs> well
0: i I like to get involved she's a joke okay, you know? like <laughs> she, she wants
1: to dress, you know, she wants the farkle with her with her son and- <laughs>
0: How dare I, I bring down that. the theme? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I respect that a lot. You're just, you know, you're, you're really committed.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you.
1: <laughs> what about like food waste and stuff? You, you recommend that people Ooh. consider composting, right? Composting should be a big part yes. of people's kind of home activity.
2: I actually feel like at this point, composting is almost more important to start instituting in your home than recycling. If you had to pick one or the other, because recycling is just in general so flawed. Um, and because food waste, I mean, accounts for so much of what you, what we throw away. And I think that composting is a really cool exercise in understanding your consumption habits too. I don't know if you guys feel this way. You mentioned that you compost, yeah, we both do. When I first started composting, one, it's kind of fun because you're like, oh shit, I can compost like weird stuff, like fingernails. And I mean, it's kind of gross, but it's also <laughs> well, like, wow. Well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, pencil shavings. You're like, this is crazy. Um, I think I have like a subscription service where somebody brings a barrel to my house every two weeks. It's like a guy on a bicycle, and I fill it up with my stuff, and then he comes and picks it up and brings me a new one. And it doesn't smell, and it's perfectly fine. And I found through that, just that process, like the first few weeks, I really, I thought I was doing a really good job of minimizing my food waste, but starting to compost, I was like, holy shit, I've wasted a lot of food. Mm -hmm. Like I am wasting a shit ton of food. And it makes me kind of sad because Americans on average wasted a lot of food, not just monetarily waste almost like $2,500 a year just on good food that we throw away. But you know, it's, we, I think we throw away like two fifths of all our food supply before it even makes it to like consumers. And then after that, we still waste it. And, you know, we've got like what one in six people in the country who are food insecure. Most of them are seniors and kids. They don't know where their meals, next meals coming from. Mm -hmm. So there's like that inherent guilt also of like, should I'm wasting perfectly good food. That's crazy. So I like, I like composting because I think it's helpful for us to see our own habits and understand our own behaviors. Um, and it's fun. And it also means that you are significantly reducing what you're putting in the trash, which is important. Because again, when that organic material gets comes in contact with inorganic material at landfill, it creates a lot more methane, sometimes five times more methane than it normally would as it decomposes. So it's really important, I think, to just keep like composting as much as possible. And folks who live in areas where there is no compost or where you don't have a yard, for instance, like a lot of people who read my book or who I come into contact with, they live in cities and they're renters and they don't they can't like get a big composter out in their yard or whatever. You can freeze your food scraps in like, you know, Ziploc bags or whatever and bring it to your farmer's market usually over the weekends, and then they will take it and compost it for you. So there's always like an avenue by which you can try that out. And I just I feel like it's so important.
0: So if you were going to give um, homeowners or anyone kind of action steps to take right away to change their lifestyle that can make an immediate difference, what are like your action steps?
2: I think you guys might be surprised by what my action steps are because they're not so much like action steps. It's more, I think we're such an action oriented culture and that's what's kind of gotten us into this pickle. And I actually tell people like, do like a shopping fast for a week. Not on food necessarily, but just don't buy anything that's not essential for a week. A lot of sustainability, we talked about like the end of life of things, is about like how often do we buy things we really, really don't need and that we find just collect dust. And that is, you know, creating demand in the industry to continually cur- like produce things for us. And that creates a huge environmental burden and it, perpetuates a cycle within us where we feel like we have to buy more and more things and newer and newer things. I went on like a financial fast for a month and it was extremely eye-opening. and I didn't do it because I needed to save money or anything like that. It's not that kind of exercise, although you will save money Mm -hmm. and I still bought food and I still went out and enjoyed myself, went to yoga and had dinners with friends and stuff. But, um, it was the stuff like the buying of stuff. And I would just recommend taking first step is take a week where you don't buy anything. And what happens there is not only do you save money, but you get really clear on your priorities. Other things that people can do right now that are super easy, you know, quitting paper towels, which people are always like, that's not easy, but it can be easy. You know, you get a bunch of reusable cloths, like washable cloths, and you take the paper towels out of your kitchen and you use these washable cloths mm-hmm. and then you just wash them with your regular laundry. Like breaking a paper towel habit takes maybe like two weeks to get used to. And then you're off it forever. And you'll totally forget that you even used to buy that shit.
0: Every week we ask our instructor to give our class homework. And it's okay if you have to reuse something we already talked about. But what do you, what do you want everyone to do this week as their homework?
2: First, I would love for people to look at the trash they create and identify where it's coming from. So keep the trash for a whole week, which I'm sure will be gross. Keep the trash for a whole week and see where a majority of their trash is coming from and just really kind of like study their own habits there and then see where they might be able to make some small tweaks where they can cut down on some of that. And then the other piece of it, and I know that this isn't the podcast necessarily where we talk about that, but a huge part of sustainability um, or living more sustainably is eating less meat um, not something that we just know from every industry research body on the planet, basically now at this point. So I would also say like, enjoy a meatless meal or two or three, as many as you want. Um, because I do really feel like that makes a huge difference too. And they're enjoyable. You know, I like to use the term, enjoy a meatless meal. Cause now that stuff's like so wonderful and delicious. So it's
1: mm-hmm. oh, all good. Thank you so much for being on. Where can people find uh, more information about you and where can they find your book?
2: Oh sure. Well, uh the book is at most Barnes and & Noble's and most Indigo's in Canada, um some Targets, some Walmarts and independent bookstores and then on Amazon, of course. And and like you were so kind to say there's an there's the recyclable paperback version, there is an ebook and there is an audiobook version narrated by yours truly. <laughs> and then um where people can find me, I'm at my website which is ashleypiper.com. It's ashley with two e's and no y and my instagram is where i'm most active and that's ashley piper as well
1: awesome and the title of the book again for you guys is give a shit do good live better save the planet which is a great title
2: thank you guys so much
1: yeah thank you and uh we also want to encourage you guys to follow us on instagram social media as well at homeschooled podcast and do us a favor Leave us a rating and a comment on whatever podcast uh, listening app that you choose to consume it on.
0: Yeah, and if you do your homework when you do your homework, tag us, tag Ashley so we can share. Seeing everyone's homework is pretty much my favorite thing.
2: And I will so- totally reshare on my Instagram as well if somebody tags. I want to I like really believe in just celebrating people doing these small things.
0: And let's keep the conversation going. You guys join us on the next episode in Study Hall where we will review all of these tips and give a little pop quiz.
2: Thanks for listening and remember if you want extra credit, then subscribe, share and rate us. Skip to the next episode for your pop quiz and review. Class is dismissed.